Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family once again here on Purple Mafia. Today is Tuesday, August 18th, 2009, episode number 36 of Purple Mafia. Again, my voice is uh, not completely perfect as I'm still fighting off the very, very tail end of a summer cold, but what really matters today is today we'll go down in history for the Minnesota Vikings. The day they acquired Brett Favre. And, uh... All of last episode, I mean, think about it. I mean, somebody was listening to my show. <laughs> or at least, at very least, great minds think alike. As uh, <laughs> Somebody out there was thinking the exact same thing, and it was probably just about everybody with the Minnesota Vikings. The quarterback situation was alarming. The quarterback situation was disappointing. And um, today, the Minnesota Vikings address that issue, and uh, the unexpected becomes... A reality. Brett Favre is a Minnesota Viking. All right, but first and foremost, before I get more deep into that, this is Purple Mafia, which is available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. I thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show. Thesportstuff.com does have a message board. We encourage you to sign up. Simply click on the button on the right-hand side of the website. It says TSS Boards. That is how you can sign up. It is 100% free and 100% fun. That is how you can get on our message boards, interact with other members, including other podcasters. You can vote on our polls on there. Do check it out. It will be worth your trouble. Again, 100% free and 100% fun. All right. Well, today on episode 36, the emphasis will be 99% on Brett Favre and, uh, you know, the other little bit. We're going to have a, a short abbreviated preview or excuse me review of the Indianapolis Colts game as some of it's irrelevant the the major the main topic which was the quarterback situation again was going to be brought up uh, that was going to be the main topic of that game Tavares Jackson and Sage Rosenfels in that game uh, but that's pretty much irrelevant now at least for the time being as Brett Favre is the starting quarterback of this team and he will start in Kansas, against Kansas City this Friday, which is just very exciting. So with no further ado, we'll take a, a break here. We're going to put both ads again, once again, and we'll be back right after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, the new fast-breaking wolves are bursting on the scene with Timberwolves Explosion. Hear about this exciting new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, Johnny Flynn, and new coach Kurt Rambis. Check us out on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, where we cover the Wolves like nobody else. 
show your true blue, download and listen to this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back again on Purple Mafia, episode number 36. A reminder for iPod users, and once again, I apologize for the uh, the long intro. I'm going to try to shorten the intros more and more as I get in, but uh, it's just an exciting day. I had to kind of do a little talking about Brett Favre in the intro because it's just it's that important. It's just the way it goes. And also, again, I apologize for uh, my voice not being 100%, but at least, at least the sound quality is significantly higher, again, with this new microphone that I invested in and of course this is the second episode ever with this new microphone and you may have noticed the Timberwolves explosion ad also had the higher quality voice because it is a new ad so yeah enough of that first and foremost we're going to get into the uh, game against the Indianapolis Colts as I mentioned abbreviated because I'm not going to get too deep into it it's more of a Brett Favre day we're getting a little more into the Kansas City game later on next week next week's show well, I'll say I'll do a little talk about the quarterbacks first, uh, since I just might as well. Sage Rosenfels, well, he looked fairly solid. The only problem is they were all on short passes. Now his quarterback rating ninety five point four, a bit bloated because of that. He completed ten of thirteen passes for only ninety one yards. Hence, very short passing, very short passes. Just not much confidence from the coaching staff in general. Just. It's a preseason game, a game you don't have to lose, and, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter if you do lose, and uh, you still play that ultra-conservative style because there's just, there's no confidence in these quarterbacks. And, again, Brad Schiller, we're going to get into that very shortly when, when we get into the Brett Favre talk. Tavares Jackson, 7 of 15 for 39 yards, completed only 46%, a good, uh, outstanding quarterback rating of 53.5. And the best part was, well, he dropped the he when he cocked back for his first pass of the game the ball fell to the ground spectacular it's just Tavares Jackson not showing much confidence at all uh, not showing much confidence in practice either and also not showing any sense of urgency whatsoever Sage Rosenfels did and to be quite honest he looked the more disappointed one today of the two Tavares Jackson's comment was more or less today uh, yeah it's disappointing you know that's basically all he said disappointing but good for the team. Sage Rosenfels looked a little bit more disappointed because he's come he's come a longer way and he's you you got to say he's the better quarterback of the two right now the more confident quarterback and competent quarterback of the two right now and uh, that's just the way it is. John David Booty, whatever, you know he just looked like John David Booty. That's basically about it. Nothing much to say about him. Albert Young though. So now we're going to get off the quarterback topic temporarily. Albert Young, pretty solid, pretty impressive. Uh, I think he's going to make the team this year. Albert Young out of Iowa. 
He led the team in rushing, 14 rush attempts, 58 yards, 4.1 average. Uh, nobody broke loose for anything today. The longest carry of the game was by Ian Johnson, 16 yards. He looked good as well, 9 rushes, 50 yards. Very, very solid. Chester Taylor actually scored a touchdown early, very early in the game on the Chester Taylor, uh, excuse me, Sage Rosenfeld's drive very early in the game. Chester Taylor, very solid. Adrian Peterson limited only four touches, and that's fine. We don't need him to get hurt. But, uh, yeah, the guys to talk about when you talk about the running game are Albert Young and Ian Johnson. As uh, I believe there'll be three running backs on the active roster. Notice I said active roster, and I think Albert Young, I think it's his turn. Unfortunately, uh, Albert Young, we'll talk about him as he's not great on special teams. But uh, there's other players like Percy Harvin that can make up for that. So, uh, yeah, I think Albert Young will be the third running back, at least right now I would say that, and that Ian Johnson will take Albert Young's spot last year. So, basically, Ian Johnson will be at minimum on the practice squad. I think he's too good to let go. So, uh, yeah, I like what I'm seeing out of both of those guys. Overall, though, the uh, <laughs> fantasy players out there that are, that are looking at the Indianapolis Colts situation, it's all about Donald Brown, folks. All about Donald Brown. He looked extremely impressive. Joseph Adai, well, he didn't look horrible. He only got two touches, though. And uh, a lot of people are expecting Donald Brown to uh, pick things up here. On only five rushes, Donald Brown with 58 yards. Joseph Adai with only two touches and 13 yards. So, whatever. Um, Vasante Shanko doing what I think he might do once uh, again this year. Lead the team in receptions. He had four catches, 55 yards. Uh, very good game for Vasante Shenko. Very good game. <laughs> the greatest part is, though, again, as I said, the longest pass of the game, pass completion of the game, was only 17 yards. Not a single pass completion over 17 yards in the entire game for the Minnesota Vikings. I think that's going to change in the not-too-distant future. That's a safe assumption, I think. Uh, Jeff Dugan with two catches, that's probably about a season high. That's, that's probably like a going to be a season, that would be a season high for him in the regular season. Uh, he's more of a uh, of a blocking guy, blocking full black, blocking tight end. That's just kind of his role. He's kind of like uh, Klein Saucer. Makes some solid little catches here and there. Uh, overall, though, none of the receivers majorly stood out in this game. Other than that, uh, Albert Young with three catches out of the backfield. That's a nice sign, again, where I believe he will make the team. Other than that, well, ben Bernard Berrien did not make a single catch and unfortunately was hurt, and he is still hurt at this point in time. Percy Harvin did not suit up, which was a major disappointment for all of us Viking fans who wanted to see, we really wanted to see uh, <laughs> Percy Harvin debut, but we'll get to see it in the Metrodome this this Friday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Is, uh, yeah, he is ready to go. And you saw him make a couple catches from Brett Favre in practice today, at least according to the footage. Uh, nice to see that. Man, I can't wait to see what happens there. Sidney Rice, well, oh goody. One catch for six yards. Not seeing much yet from him other than he's just a bigger guy. And uh, it's, hey, you had a great freshman year. You had a sophomore slump. Now it's time to, uh, now it's time to... Step up to the plate, Sidney Rice. This is an opportunity. He needs to step up. The pressure is on. Andre Ellison, of course, long gone, but there's guys like uh, Jamar Johnson. Didn't do much else either, only one catch, because the passing game was just invisible pretty much in this game. This is pretty much about the Vikings' defense today. 
So I'm going to pretty much end the whole talk about the offense. And we're going to talk about the defense. E.J. Henderson is back, and he did exactly what a lot of us are expecting him to do this season. Lead the Vikings in tackles. Four tackles for him. Just a really beautiful to see E.J. Henderson back. He's, he's healthy, and he's ready to be a pro bowler this year. Absolutely, I can see it. Jared Allen providing tons of energy. He had three tackles in the game. Uh, Otis Grigsby is a guy I'm... I really like Otis Grigsby. I don't think there's any doubt he's going to make the team. I think Otis Grigsby is going to make the team. He had a sack. Uh, Latroy Guyon chipped in two tackles. I love Latroy Guyon. I think he makes the team as well. The guy is very productive in limited time. I mean, Latroy Guyon, every time I see him play, he does something. Any amount of time he gets to play, he he's a, he's productive. No matter what time Latroy Guyon is in the game, he he makes himself productive, and uh, that man to me tells me he is a he is a pro, and uh, it'd be a huge shame if he were to get cut at any point. I don't see that happening, though. I just don't. Eric Frampton looked actually pretty good. Uh, Jasper Brinkley looks really good. Yeah, at very at bare minimum will be a uh, really good special teams tackler. And a nice backup linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, the fifth-round pick, Jasper Brinkley. Woof! He's going to definitely be a, a piece for this team. Heath Farwell returning, and uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. He looks pretty good. He looks like he's back at it again. Heath Farwell, the special teams specialist. Outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. The Vikings got to uh, Peyton Manning a lot more than people would expect. Several sacks on Peyton Manning. Three sacks total on him. Five sacks for the whole game. Burnett getting a sack. Uh, B is a backup linebacker. Ray Edwards getting a sack. Hopefully he can get some more. Um, Jared Allen getting a sack. Excuse me, I saw something wrong there. Excuse me. (laughs) Jared Allen did get a sack in the game. He was uh, active. Overall, he was active early on in the small amount of time he got to play early. Uh, and Fred Evans got a sack. It's just all these uh, defensive linemen, one one linebacker and all defensive linemen after that did very good. Uh, it was, uh, excuse me, Asher Allen also. There's a guy I was forgetting. Very, very good in this game. Got to think he is the heavy favorite now to win the nickelback spot. This guy might even be a starter at some point. I, I think he will start at some point in his career. Marcus McCulley, well, might be the odd man out. Just, just because, just because other people are out playing him, that's just how it goes. Uh, overall, it's all about the uh, the solid play of the defensive line and the linebackers in this game. I, I was very, 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 very impressed with the Vikings defense. And uh, whew, when you add a, an elite quarterback and you have an elite running back already, this is going to be a lot of fun. I think the Vikings are going to have a really, really darn good season this year. Um, as now we're about to segue here to the story of the day as I try not to cough and try to keep my voice somewhat decent. Brett Favre is a Minnesota Viking. Yeah, I think, I think we've covered that already, but yeah, Brett Favre is a Minnesota Viking. In the press conference today, he, uh, brought up a ta- uh, an issue that was very interesting to me, something I certainly hadn't heard of and I didn't see reported in any type of, uh, media outlet at all over the course of the past three, four, five months regarding Brett Favre, and he even mentioned that this probably didn't get out, uh, his rotator cuff. Well, when they looked at his uh, tendon in his bicep, Dr. Andrews also noticed that Brett Favre had a torn rotator cuff, and uh, 
Brett Favre was pretty upset about that. Like, oh, great. A torn rotator cuff. Like, I guess I'm done. You know, and he said about a million times how scary that is, no matter what. Uh, Dr. Andrews, though, did assure that Brett Favre that he wouldn't need surgery as long as he can tolerate it because of the... Uh, there was a... There was a <laughs> it's such a hard word to say, but... Calcification. Basically, calcium had formed on the tear to strengthen it, to prevent it from really getting worse, per se, without anything major making it worse. Uh, so the, the calcification allows Brett Favre to play. If he were to have surgery, it's over. Uh, the season's over, and most likely he would just have to hang it up because he's, he would be 41 years old trying to return next year. Good luck with that, trying to return next year from a uh, rotator cuff surgery. Um, Brett Favre, though, as I said numerous times, said, yeah, that's a, a very scary thing, a very scary thing, and it was one of the things he was worrying about when it came to coming back. So it wasn't just, you know, everybody wants to accuse Brett Favre of just being a media diva and uh, just dramatizing things. That's one of the major things that was kind of holding him back from saying, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to play or not. I really don't know. Because he didn't want to come in, as said a million times, he didn't want to have the same type of problem with the Minnesota Vikings this year that he had with the Jets last year, where he started out just absolutely phenomenal, and then, boom, hit a wall, and that was just, it was a, pretty much a uh, disaster after that. I mean, the Jets looked like a possible dark horse to make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, God forbid, <laughs> they could have made it with the Patriots out of the way. They, they had an outside chance of going, maybe. But, uh, yeah, and when Brett Favre hit that wall, that was pretty much the end of that story. Brett Favre also, though, in the uh, press conference says that, uh, <laughs> well, that the pieces are in place. You know, Brad Childress assured him, and he agrees, that with the pieces in place, that Brett Favre won't have to do as much. So he won't have to really wear his arm out like he did with the uh, New York Jets last year. Uh, Thomas Jones did do a good job with the New York Jets, by the way, last year. He had a career year. But still, just saying, in general, Favre won't have to do as much, especially with that great defense and the great running game. Those are the two keys to winning a Super Bowl, basically. Basically. Um, Brett Favre won't have to wear his arm out quite as much. So, yeah, it's a perfect fit for Brett Favre at this stage of his career. And, uh, of course, the playbook is something Brett Favre is very much aware of already. Um, another reason why Brett Favre came back is he didn't want to have to say what if, and also he still loves to play. It's not about revenge, Brett Favre says. He said it's not about revenge. His time in Green Bay will be forever cherished. If he came back for two games, it would be a long year. Yeah, if he came back for two games to play against the uh, Green Bay Packers, it would be a long year. It would be a pointless year, basically, is what it would be. And um, what happened is Brett Favre went on to say that Childress called yesterday and said, this is it, do you want to play? And ultimately, though, Brett Favre, or excuse me, Brad Childress called, was the one to call Brett Favre, not Favre calling Childress, because as I said in episode 35, the quarterback situation was not looking good, folks. I mean, let's just give it one last shot. Uh, Childress basically gave in, you know, when he said, oh, you know, last, uh, about three weeks ago, saying this is it, ball game, we're, we're done worrying about Brett Favre. He said, hey, Brett, one last shot. Do you want to give it, do you want to come back? This is your last chance to come back. And Favre's like, yeah, I don't want to worry about the what-ifs. And a lot of us fans, including myself, Paladino Joey, Purple Mafia host, 
host of a show that is uh, really picking up steam, by the way, and before Brett Favre. So, who am I getting excited about the possibilities now? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the what ifs would kill would kill Brett Favre. It would kill people like me too, who really want to win, really want this team to win. So, yeah, he needed to come back basically in the end. Another reason why he came back. Now, how about this? How about this? Brett Favre's daughter, you know, at first just said, yeah, you know, Brett Favre, excuse me, Favre asked his daughter, what should I do, basically? You know, just chatting with his daughter, casually. She said, do whatever you want to do, Dad. You know, don't worry about it, basically. Don't worry about playing, uh, breaking up the family or something, basically, is what, you know, or like, you know, not being around as much. Uh, His daughter then said, can you go back and win one more Super Bowl? And this, of course, was after Brett Favre announced his, uh, well, like re-announced his retirement or reassured his retirement, whatever you want to call it, back, uh, you know, right by right before my birthday, which was a very painful birthday present at the time, by the way. Um, she said, can you win one more, can you go back and win one more Super Bowl? And Brett Favre's response to his daughter was, oh, couldn't you tell me this earlier? And uh, yeah, that was another motivation thing. His daughter wants him to go back and win one more. And uh, that might sound kind of silly and sentimental, but you know what? Hey, it's like the movies, folks. It's like the movies. Why not? Why not go back and win one more Super Bowl? Wouldn't that be cool? Like Brett Favre hitting, uh, excuse me, like Babe Ruth hitting the three home runs for the sick kid at the end of his career? Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. Now, the issue of uh, the Packer fans being upset with Brett Favre and hating Brett Favre for... Uh, this question was obviously brought up to, to Favre during the press conference uh, about Packer fans being bitter at him for coming to their arch rival or second arch rival. It's either us or the Bears, of course. Brett Favre's response was, I think true Packer fans would understand that, that he wants to play. He needs to play somewhere once again, you know, and once again, this is a good fit, you know, that Brett Favre needs to play somewhere, you know, because the... Uh, Things just went awry, and he's saying how the fans, a true Packer fan, will understand that that things went awry, that uh, the management didn't want him back, and that both sides are wrong. Basically, Favre should have been more clear about what he wanted to do. The Packers got impatient and said, "Move on. We've got a nice young quarterback who's tired of waiting, basically, and his name is not Tavares Jackson, by the way. Hint, hint. <laughs> yeah, hint, hint about how I feel about that situation. Um, yeah." So that's Favre's response to uh, the big question about Packer fans being bitter towards him. Favre also went on to admit that he can't make some plays he used to make because of his age, you know, and that he does need to know his limitations. He knows that can be a problem with him on occasion, which is good. That's a good sign that he's willing to admit it openly and he's not going to just say, I can still do this, still do that, you know, kind of force the issue, so to speak. I mean, Warren Moon did that an awful lot. He always tried to force plays and... It killed the Vikings a lot. Moon, Moon kind of always had that problem his whole career. He forced plays, and that's why he was such an interception guy, basically. But uh, Brett Favre, Favre went on to say all he wants to do is win, and that's why he came back. He just wants to win, and that's why he came back. And he's got that great opportunity with this Minnesota Viking team. Uh, the whole playbook, the whole West Coast offense deal, Brett Favre said how it was really easy to call plays he's familiar with. It was uh, that he didn't miss a beat. 
And that last year was way tougher than he expected. You know, he thought he could just walk right in. I, heck, I remember reading the article last year, how he said, oh, you know, I'll, I'll probably have no problem picking up this playbook. You know, I know it's way different, but I, but I can do it. You know, I'm a veteran. I'm a, you know, however, 39, 38 years old, I can pick this up, no problem. Uh, and it was a lot tougher than expected. So that's pretty much how things stood with that. And also that, uh, that Brett Favre didn't work out as much in the offseason as he did in the past because he thought it was over. Uh, yeah, Favre thought it was all over, that he really did think he was going to stay retired. So that's one thing to worry about a teeny tiny bit. He looks like he's in pretty good shape. I'm sure he tried, got caught up. But uh, yeah, that's one thing I might be a little concerned about when I hear that. But the good thing about Favre during this whole thing to me was he's... He's honest. He isn't. He, he isn't full of it. He's honest. He's telling the truth of the situation. Um, the last four years of Brett Favre have been a little shaky. His last good season, other than 07, was in 04, where he had 30 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, quarterback rating 92.4. After that, though, yeah, he had a pretty tough year in 05. 20 touchdown, 29 interception. Quarterback rating of only 70.1, 70.9 the next year, 72.7, 18 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. That was in 06. But then, of course, that big year where the Packers went 13-3 and and a lot of young players emerged for the, that Packer team. 28 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, quarterback rating 95.7. But that's not including the infamous interception he threw to R.W. McCorders in the NFC Championship game, which was his final pass as a Green Bay Packer. And I still remember to this day, screaming out, Brett. Like, Brett! I said that really loud when I saw that, because I, I wanted to see the Packers in the Super Bowl one last time with Favre, uh, believe it or not. And I'm sorry to say that as a Viking fan, but it would have just been, in, you know, I'm, I'm a Brett Favre fan. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not a Packer fan, but I'm a fan of, of the NFL, and when you have a top five quarterback of all time, top three possibly quarterback of all time, I'm going to give him his due. And I remember doing a video that year praising Brett Favre because, you know, when he passed the all-time touchdown and passer rating, or passer, passing numbers in the Metrodome that year against the Vikings, I, I gave him his due. He deserves it. And, uh, <laughs> and that was with zero knowledge of him ever becoming a Minnesota Viking or interest of coming here because at the time he was a full-blooded Packer. And, of course, last year, as I said, you know, a couple of shaky years. Last year, outstanding the first 8-11 to 11 games. And, then of course, the arm went awry, and he finished with 22 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. And, of course, those interceptions really picked up after the arm went awry. Uh, his, quarter, his, his completion ratio, though, has been well over 60 to 65-ish for most of his career. It's been a, he's definitely an accurate quarterback. It's just more or less every now and then he'll make a bonehead mistake. So that's one thing to worry about. You just hope he won't do it <laughs> on a drive that could win you an NFC championship game and in the end helps lose it. So, you know, there's always concerns with any quarterback. Heck, Tom Brady threw an interception against the Indianapolis Colts in, uh, at the end of 06, so uh, in the AFC Championship game when the Colts went on to win the Super Bowl. So, hell, even the greatest ever, when in, in their prime, are going to make mistakes. It's just the way it goes. You, you take the good with the bad, no matter what, no matter 
how bad it is or how you know when, when you have the best quarter when you have a great quarterback you take the good with the bad no matter what so it's Dan Barrero said it best today on on his show you know it, it's it's high risk you could come out with nothing but folks it's an opportunity to make a run it is absolutely an opportunity to make a run and you got to do it as I've said on my show here that you're listening to right now I've said it in previous episodes when uh, the fire thing wasn't done, you got to make a run when you have the opportunity. The pieces are in place. Go for it. Give it a shot. Roll the dice. Do it. Nobody's career is getting ruined with Brett Favre here. Tavares Jackson, he has had numerous opportunities to, to completely take hold of that starting role. He had no competition at all. Brad Johnson was horrible in, in 06. I almost said 96. <laughs> Just tells you how old I am, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Brad Johnson was horrible in 06. So that wasn't much competition there. In 07, oh, let's see, yeah, he had Kelly Holcomb and uh, Brooks Bollinger. I, I almost keep forgetting his name because he's just so irrelevant. Kelly Holcomb and Brooks Bollinger, man. Tavares Jackson looked almost like a star compared to those two. And, yeah, that's pretty pathetic, folks. Last year, there was Gus Terod, but he completely went down the toilet, too. He had a couple of really good games, and then he just looked awful after a while. By the time it got to that Detroit game, or a few games even before that, lots of interceptions, lots of just poor plays. The competition really, truly wasn't there for Tavares Jackson. And, of course, he had the coach's blessing. You know, he had the, he, His birthright was to be the starting quarterback of the Vikings, it seemed. Not anymore. He finally had solid competition in Sage Rosenfels. And, folks, that's the guy I feel a little bit bad for today. A little bit. Um, nine years in the league, 31 years old. Always had the right attitude. Always been a backup in the NFL. This was his opportunity, a legit opportunity, the first time in his career to uh, be a starting quarterback. It looked like he was gonna gonna win it. Like you know, you can't judge it off of one game. Childress said it, and I agree with Childress, and uh, I agree with other Viking fans out there that are that are that would say like you know like like Darren out there, Daz Darren, <laughs> who said that. Yeah, you know you can't judge it on one game, and no, you can't. But to me, Sage Rosenfels kind of had the upper hand because they didn't give up a draft pick and sign him to a three-year deal for nothing. I thought he had a legit chance to be the starter, and uh, that's over, at least for the next possible 16 regular season games, as Brett Favre will probably play all 16 games. Probably. It's a pretty safe assumption. It's only been uh, 16, 17 straight years of 16 games for Brett Favre, so yeah. Even though a lot of the stuff he talked about today was health issues, the rotator cuff, the bicep tendon, you know, other things like that. But uh, in that how it was a little scary going in. But, yeah, I can see Favre going all 16 again, especially with the uh, an improving offensive line, I'll say, and an elite running game and also a uh, receiver that won't make him gun it every time, like Percy Harvin. He can make a short pass to Harvin. So, finally, Brad Childress' offense might look a little better that way. Some of those dump passes might turn into really good plays with a guy like Percy. Harvin, who will debut at a football stadium near you on Friday. Woo-wee! It's going to be a fascinating night for Viking fans. Harvin and Favre. 
Harvin and Farvin. No, no, sorry. I'm really sorry. That was idiotic. <laughs> but yeah, do check out the purple number four. It is available. Uh, when I clicked on, because <laughs> I wanted to see how, much, how expensive they were in the shipping and stuff on Vikings.com, it said connection interrupted. I mean, every single time I, I clicked on it, the internet either didn't respond or the connection was quote-unquote interrupted. To me, that just says it was off the charts, folks. Off the charts busy. And uh, good luck getting a Favre jersey in the super uh, early, uh, in the not-too-distant future. But uh, I'm sure you'll have one by the season opener if you get down to it pretty soon. But <laughs> man, oh man, must they have been busy today. Over 2,000 season tickets sold today, by the way. Uh, single season, single game tickets still very much available. Season tickets still very much available. But uh, I think the whole blackout issue, dead, gone, over as of today. It's over. We're not going to blackout a single game this year unless things just completely go down the toilet. But uh, then again, the tickets are already going to be sold, even if things do go down the toilet. <laughs> so that's pretty much how things stand there. It... Uh, has been a fascinating day, folks. Fascinating day. As the story first broke, yesterday morning, Jay Glazer was hinting that uh, current players on the team were saying that Favre will be here by the third preseason game. The third game of the preseason, as Dennis Green famously would say. Um, <laughs> a lot of us kind of were like, oh, brother, whatever. There's no way. But at the same time, it's like, hmm, you know, yeah, there, there really might be a way, but let's just believe it when we see it. And then Mark Rosen calls Paul Allen, PA, Paul Allen at 9.30 this morning. And, uh, <laughs> oh, just the joy, the joy. I was out there mowing lawns and just, I was just overtaken. I can't believe this, saying that Brett Favre is on an airplane, headed to the Twin Cities to sign, and it was no rumor watching Brett Favre walk off that airplane today. And uh, watching that press conference, it just it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable to see purple number four. As you know, I was to always jokingly kind of think about, man, what if Brett Favre played for the Vikings? You know, good 15, 10, 15 years ago, I even thought about it. Like, what if Brad Johnson? You know, when Brad Johnson's first stint here, when Johnson was a starter, uh, what if Brad Johnson and Brett Favre switched places? That'd be kind of interesting. I bet the Vikings would be incredibly good with uh, you know Chris Carter and Jake Reed and all that stuff. And eventually Moss. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, last year we were teased for a little bit until he went to the Jets, and all the Packers would not dare send Brett Favre here because that just, that's just against the company policy, per se. <laughs> all the, and, and, and then it finally actually happened. After all the drama, you know, of course, all the drama this year, the torn bicep, the surgery, the rumors, the white horse talk, oh, it's for sure going to happen this time. 99% chance, 99.9% chance, 100% chance, and then turns it down the day, uh, two days before training camp to break all our hearts. And uh, now, <laughs> yesterday uh, in the morning it began, and this morning it ended. It's over. Brett Favre is a Viking at least this year. And he has a team option for next year. Of course, the uh, the dollar amount is believed to be $12 million this year and upwards of 13 to 14 player option next season should Brett Favre wish to return. So there'll be a little bit of drama, I think, at the end of the season. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully it won't be drawn out as, too, as much. 
I'm sure we'll want him back if, if he's still good. And if he's just, you know, his body's had enough, he'll probably announce it and be done. So do enjoy, folks. Enjoy the season. For Viking fans out there that are bitter and want Brett Favre off this team, sorry, folks, but uh, to me, this is the best scenario of the current for the current team. This is this is the right thing to do, and uh, you gotta go for it. You gotta make a run. Pat Williams is not getting any younger. Steve Hutchinson is not getting any younger. Uh, running backs don't last that long, folks. Adrian Peterson is a stud, but look at look at LT. He 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 was like unbelievable, unstoppable, and then all of a sudden he hit a wall. He's not completely done yet, but he, he's past, he's already past his prime at a, at a not that old age of 30. Same thing happened to Sean Alexander at age 30, hit a wall. Adrian Peterson will be 30 before you know it. So let's try to get something done early and often. Wink, wink. All righty. So again, thank you for listening for uh, today's show. Thank you for... <laughs> Thank you for uh, putting up with my obnoxious, joyous attitude. I'm just thrilled today. I might be a little obnoxious, but I'm I'm thrilled. It's just the right thing to do to me or for for me. Uh, it's just I can't believe it actually happened after all the, the BS you know that we went through. But uh, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we can finally just sit back and watch some football and enjoy. There's no more questioning. We now have a legit future Hall of Fame quarterback under center. So do enjoy the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Farzine, hey, let's have some fun. Just don't hurt my quarterback. Don't hurt my quarterback. I could call him that now. Be good. Uh, that's, of course, Farzine, the head, the the host of the uh, Chiefs, the Chiefs Zone Show, Chiefs Zone Show on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. Uh, great guy. But... Um, until then, we're going to call it a day here. I don't want this show to get too much longer, so uh, do enjoy. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Take care. <laughs>